Welcome back to Nach Yomi, OU Women's Initiative, Torah Imecha. My name is Mrs. Michal Horowitz. Today we will be studying Sefer Tehillim, Perak Bet, the second chapter of Sefer Tehillim. In this chapter in Perak Aleph, the psalmist was speaking to the individual, warning the individual not to follow the wicked and the sinners and the scoffers. In this chapter, the psalmist is speaking about in the end of days, in the time of Mashiach, how the nations of the world will band together to try and throw off the yoke of God. So the first chapter is referring to individuals warning them not to throw off the yoke of God. And chapter 2 of Tehillim is speaking to nations, warning them of the consequences of attempting not to recognize the sovereignty of the Almighty and to throw off the yoke of the Messiah. Why do nations meditate? I'm sorry, why do nations rage? Why do the nations rage? Why do people meditate, invade, and nations, they will meditate, they will contemplate for no reason, for nothing. What are we speaking about here? We're talking about nations who rise up together, who band together to destroy the nation of God, to throw off the, to throw off the yoke of the Messiah, who is a representative, of course, of the Ribbon Sha'olam. Yisyatsfu Malachi Eretz. What happens is that the kings of the earth assemble together, Viroznum no Sodu Yachar, and princes, rulers gather together, Al Hashem va Al Mishicho. They gather together against Hashem and against his anointed one. And what do they say? Ninataka let us snap off the chains. The Radak says here, let us cut the cords that unite the 12 tribes of Israel under King David. So what they want to do is destroy the bonds that connect Kaisho to each other. Let us cut the chains. Let us destroy their unity. We will throw off their bonds. What is the main objective of their rebellion? Ultimately, those who rebel, those who hate Kaisho, really are rebelling Kaviachov. Such a thing where Possible against the Ribbon They want to be free of God. Let us throw off the bonds, let us snap off the chains because the king represents the nation's connection to the Ribbon And what is God's reaction to those nations who think that they can smote the Israelites and throw off the yoke of God? Yoshev Bashamayim Mishak. Hashem sits in the heavens and he laughs. Their attempt is in vain. God laughs at the futility of those who try to throw off his plan that he has for mankind and the world. Hashem yil'aglamo. Hashem will ridicule them, mock them forever. All of those rulers' plans in the, in the Steinzel's um, Ketuvim, their plans will come to naught, for they are void of any true substance. It reminds me very much of Rabbos Machshavos Belev Yishvat. Hashem hi sakum. We have many plans, we have many designs, we have many initiatives and goals, and ultimately only what Hashem wants will come to fruition. Then he will talk to them in his anger. Af is angry. And in his wrath, he will frighten them. And what will God say? And what will the Mashiach say to those nations who try and throw off the yoke? I've anointed Nisuch, I've anointed my king. Al-Tzion, Ar-Har Kodshi. On Zion, and the my holy mountain, Hashem says, you're going to try and throw off my Mashiach, you're going to try and throw off the yoke of my rulership, your plans will be thwarted. I will tell of the law of God. Amar Eli, Bni Ata. 
I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me. Now the king Messiah is speaking. Biniata, you are my son. Aniha yom dilditicha. Today is the day that the day that I give birth to you. And the Mashiach will arise when the son of Ben David ultimately will come to redeem us. That day will be the day that God gave birth to that king. Shaami many ve'enna. Ask for me, and I will give it to you. The King Messiah will be given the nations as an inheritance. The end of the earth will be his portion. When the Messiah comes, the whole world will be subjugated before him. Everyone will recognize the sovereignty of the Ribono Sha'olam. Pasuk Tes continues, you will smash them with your iron rod, shatter them like a potter's vessel. When Messiah comes, all of the power of the Ummah Olam who have tried throughout the millennia to subjugate Israel, to throw off the yoke of God, all of that will be smashed like a potter's clay. It will be smashed with an iron rod. And now, Pasuket, Melachim, kings, Haskilu, have some seicha, listen, accept this admonishment, be smart, be wise, listen to what we are telling you, judges of the earth. Do you want to know the answer is? It is to serve God with reverence and to rejoice with trembling. Only when everyone recognizes the sovereignty of the Yubanujalam and serves him with reverence and trembling, then the King Messiah will rule, and then the nations will save themselves from destruction. However, Pasagirbet Nashku Bar, Bar is son in Aramaic, like Bar Mitzvah. Why do we say Bar Mitzvah? It really means Ben Mitzvah. Bar is son in Aramaic. Nashku Bar, kiss the sun. Very, very interesting. The kiss says the Steinzels, Mabayadin uh, Steinzels, and the Steinzels Ktuvim. This is an expression of homage and affection. It represents God's affection towards his appointed one, pen ya'anaf, lest he be angry, lest you lose your way. Even if his anger burns only slightly, the nations will never be able to withstand the wrath of God. Ashrei kol chosevo, the chapter ends by telling us, happy are all those who rely on him. Rav Shamsher Fal Hirsch, in his commentary to Sefer Tehillim, says as follows on this Pasuk. This chapter and the one preceding it belong together. So Parag Av and Parag Bet of Tilm actually belong together. In fact, Rav Hirsch writes, according to Masechus Brachus Tes Amarbeis, they actually form one single psalm. Here the inference for the lives of nations and the common future of mankind are drawn from the statements in the preceding psalm concerning the life of the individual. So whereas the first parak is telling me about the lives of individuals, the second parak is telling me about the lives and the destiny and the choices of nations. It was declared in chapter 1 that there is a future, says Rafersh, only in loyal obedience to the divine moral law. We spoke last time, yesterday actually, only in loyal obedience to the divine moral law is there a future for individuals. Why? Because only ethical and moral endeavor can be sure of God's help. Only someone who walks on the ethical and moral path will be sure that God will assist him all contrary paths, the path of the Chata'im, the Rasha'im, the Leitzanim, however, in which disobedience and levity walk shall forfeit their goal. All those who are sinners, scoffers, non-believers will see that their goals are forfeited by the Almighty himself. And therefore, that which is true of the life of the individual, Parak Aleph, applies equally to the lives of peoples and nations, Parak Bet. So this really is a team, this Parak Aleph and Parak Bet. And actually, the Gemara and says they're one. Parak illustrate the same concept and the same theme. Just like individuals must walk with God, so too nations must walk with God. Just like an individual must accept the sovereignty of God, Vigiso Bayam and Velayla, so too nations must accept the sovereignty of God. Like the Parak tells us, Ibn Asashem Beyira, the Gilibra. 
One and the same law, says Refresh, is applicable to both individuals and nations. Peoples and nations will perish if instead of placing their sovereignty and power at the service of the moral law, the nations use their might in contradiction to that law, they will perish. How is this moral law made known to the people? Like this parak tells us, Hashem u'meshicho, through God and his anointed one. And actually, it first takes us back all the way to Parakit Alf of Sefer Bereshit. Uh, I actually taught um, as well uh, Sefer Bereshit, if you remember, the Women's Initiative Parsha of the week. So at one point we did that. If you go back to Parsha Noach, which is Parakit Aleph of Sefer Bereshit, we read about the Tower of Babel. The Torah was that was to represent the might and fame of the nations who battled against God. Na'asa lanu shame, refers, refers us to there. And what happened? They were smashed. Their power was destroyed. They thought they would rebel against God. Ultimately, they were scattered over the face of the earth. Because Am Yisrael, in contrast to all other nations, serves as a guide for the other nations. Why and how? And accepting the sovereignty of the Rebona Sha'olam. And we complete our stay on earth not based upon power or glory. Ka'al Yisrael completes its stay on earth solely upon the loyal obedience to God's moral law. And the nations must recognize this or their plans will be thwarted just like by the Tower of Babel. And in the end of days, their plans will be thwarted when the Mashiach comes. Continues of Shamshon followers, King David, the noblest son of this people as he was imbued with the spiritual and moral grandeur of such a mission, was consecrated by God unto God himself and unto the noblest sign of his tribe. King David is a herald of God's message to the nations. King David consciously aspired to fulfill this task with his book of Psalms, which after so many centuries have so wondrously found their ways from the banks of the Yardane River to the hearths of all those who worship God. So this is a message to humanity. It's a message to the nations of the world, not only to individuals. The mission of King David will be brought to completion one day by the sign of the tribe of Yishai, who from the beginning has been consecrated for this purpose. Like David Amalek says in this chapter, in the words of Hashem, Hashem says, I have anointed my king, upon the mount of Zion, upon my holy mountain. And those who try and throw off this yoke, it is they who will be smashed. It is they who will be destroyed. This psalm, says of Shamshar Falher, sees the nations and their rulers rise up against the protests lodged by that people, which in both joy and sorrow, has demonstrated the unique grandeur and the unique all-conquering power of God's law. The nations, let me, let me translate that from English into English. This chapter, chapter 2, sees the nations and their rulers, right, the kings and the princes, the nations and their powers, rise up. And who are they rising up against? That people, meaning Amisha, which in both joy and sorrow, we, the Jewish nation, in both joy and sorrow, Demonstrate our unique grandeur, our unique all-conquering power by the clinging to and living by God's law. And this is the virtue of our enduring existence. And throughout the millennia, these nations of the world, as described in chapter 2, have tried over and over and over and over again to destroy us. They are coming up to Purim soon. And Pesach, after that, they've tried mightily not only to rise up against God, but also to destroy his holy nation. 
And yet he who sits in the heavens will laugh. Yoshev b'shamayim yishak. Hashem yil aglamo. Hashem will have the last laugh, so to speak. Hashem mocks them. Because who is the only enduring, all-conquering power? Who is enduring existence? Who is inspired by the words of the anointed one? Who is against all opposing endeavors in the words of Rav Hirsch? It is Am Yisrael who clings fast, who clings tenaciously, who clings always to the word of the Ribonus Olam. Like the psalm ends and he warns the nations of the world and us, Ibdu es Hashem Bira. All we have at the end of the day is to serve God with reverence, with awe. The gilu bera'ada, rejoice with trembling. In the words of the Steinzels, Tanakh, although you will be able to rejoice under the rule of this king, the joy must be tempered with a trembling awe. A hidden threat will always be present. If you do not serve God, remember you will be punished in various ways. So Parak Aleph is a message to the individual. Perak Beis mirrors that as an individual, as a lesson to the nations. And finally, Nashkubar, Hashem kisses his son, his anointed one, an expression of affection to the chosen king Messiah in Am Yisrael. Panya Anaf, lest his be angry, Vesov Duderach, you will lose your way. Even if his anger, Kivar Kimat, even if he is only a little bit angry, what man can stand before God's wrath? However, the psalmist finishes and says, Ashrei Kochosebo, fortunate, interesting, interesting. I just realized now, actually, not even when I was preparing, and not any time that I've ever read this capital, which is a lot, because it's one of those that I say every night after the Kriyashma al Hamita. Parak Aleph begins, oh, look at this. Parak Aleph begins with the word Ashrei, Ashrei Haish, which I mentioned yesterday, and Parak Bet ends with the word Ashrei. And perhaps here we could really see, like the Gemara tells us, they form one unified chapter. The bookends of these two chapters, the message to the individual, the message to the nations of the world, begins and ends with the word Ashrei. Parak al Ashrei Ha'ish. Parak Bet, Pasuk Yud Bet, Ashrei Kochosebo. The message is the same. Those who trust in God, who put their faith in God, will be successful, will rise higher, higher. Those who deny the, who do, those who deny the existence of God and do not place their trust in Him, ultimately will be destroyed when the Messiah comes and the name of God, we begin with Ashrei and end with Ashrei and these two kapitach together form one unit. Thank you for studying together. Lilui Nishma, Sonia Finkelstein, Chana Sarah, Bachayim Leib, Allah HaShalom. I wish you all a wonderful day and I look forward to our learning tomorrow. Kol Tov, thank you to all.